<laughs> the Rogue Scientist Productions presents Pursuing Your Passions as a Bitch. Thank you, and welcome to Pursuing Your Passions as a Bitch. I'm your host, Charles Dockton, the owner of the Rogue Scientist Productions and the author of The World Beyond, an ongoing Kindle Vela story. With me, I have my guest host, Deborah Fletcher, the author of Finding Your Hay, a crash course in braving grief and embracing joy. Deborah? Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on our show. <laughs> and so today, I just kind of wanted to um, start by asking you, what was the inspiration behind this story? Well, the inspiration really is my daughter who lives with multiple disabilities. And it's a memoir kind of chronicling the journey that I took as her mother in terms of coming to terms with her uh, disabilities and how that impacted her life and my life. Oh, perfect. And so um, you said that it, it kind of starting with her disabilities and kind of how it impacted your life. Um, so did you decide to kind of start by um, just accepting everything that was kind of happening at the time and just kind of going through the process of that? Yeah. So really, uh, to be quite honest, it was a journey of grief. So it is, um, it's really bad news. You know, I'm not sounding ableist, I don't think, but it is, it is traumatic news to hear that your child is severely disabled. And I had um, given birth to identical twin girls. So it was all very joyful and exciting. And we learned very quickly that one of them had suffered some damage. They were born prematurely. And she is severely disabled. So she has no fine or gross motor skills. She's nonverbal. She's incontinent. She only eats through a G-tube in her stomach. Uh, she has a slight visual impairment. She has a seizure disorder. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's a lot. Right. And so basically, I have, uh, they are now 23 years old. And basically, she requires full and total care. So everything from feeding her, toileting her, dressing her, bathing her, everything. So it's a, it's a lot when you learn that that's going to be uh, what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. So that's what I came to terms was, was was really the grief that I felt. And it was more about that my expectations hadn't been met. You know, I mean, when you when you think about it, sort of big picture, right? And, and then, of course, I felt grief for her because I didn't know what her life was going to be like. So the grief really came from that kind of disappointment and, and a lot of fear. So gradually, as I came through it and, and really learned how to live life with joy and, and not just acceptance, but, but really embracing who she is. She's an amazing person. And so I got to, I don't know, they were about 
maybe 18, 19 years old. And I started to think, you know, why am I so happy? How did I get through this? You know what I mean? It's just sort of this reflection that you do. So that's where I thought back on it and decided to to chronicle it. Wow. And I mean, getting to the point of 19 years old, I know it's kind of a, a struggle going from raising them from childhood and to raise them up. And it's kind of the struggle from there. And then um, it's it's... I commend you for um, being able to get through this time and being able to share your story with everybody else uh, in, in the world. I mean, um, this gives them a chance to, um, like you said, find their hay and try yeah. and find their happiness. So, Exactly. So it's interesting, and I'll, and I'll explain what the title means Um it's a little obscure, but when I was sort of reflecting on, you know, the past however many years, I realized that I had looked to my dad as inspiration. So when he was 46 years old, I was 21, he had a heart attack, and then nine days later, he had a stroke. And what that did to him, he survived. But what that meant was that um, the damage that was done to his brain with the stroke meant that he could never work again. And he was, he recovered physically, but his mental processing never fully recovered. He actually lost his speech completely, but recovered that with about two years of speech therapy. So he lost a lot. You know, he lost the ability to continue on in the career that he loved and he lost that just that going to work every day and and, you know, he missed out on on, you know, enjoying his time with his colleagues and his friends and all of that. Um, and he handled it with grace, acceptance, um, joy happiness. He lived to be 82 years old and he lived for the most part a really happy life. And so I really looked to him as my inspiration. Now, when he had the, the heart attack and the stroke, um, as the story goes, the first time that I went to the hospital to visit him, and as you can imagine, I was 21. This is my dad. He's my hero. So I was devastated that he had suffered this. He's in the hospital. So I don't know how he knew I was walking down the hall toward his room and, you know, thinking this is just going to be awful because I knew that his speech was gone and, you know, it was a very terrifying time. So I'm walking down the hall towards his room and all of a sudden he leaps out of his room, lands in the middle of the hall and just yells, hey, like that. And... <laughs> It was honestly, it was the only word that I understood our entire visit. Mm. Um, but he did that intentionally. And I think, I mean, obviously it was, you know, he knew how I would be feeling. So he wanted to sort of reassure me. And, and it was kind of like he was saying, it's okay. You know, I'm going to be okay. And, um, but for me, you know, when I look back on it, it really was sort of a symbol of his own 
courage and and grace in terms of dealing with his own grief. And so that's where the title of the book, Finding Your Hay, comes from. Because I remember when I was in the throes of really um, feeling that fear and that sadness around uh, my daughter's diagnosis, and I thought, you know, I've got to find my hay. I've got to find my really my attitude and my, you know, living life with this intentional positivity that he had. And so that's sort of been my journey because at first it was, there was some dark days, you know, and she suffered some, um, some scary things. She's had a lot of surgeries and medical interventions and she's experienced a lot of pain and, and, um, and yet, you know, I can focus on those moments of joy and and excitement and everything else as well. So I really look to my dad for that. And then I started thinking about it from a more global perspective in terms of just grief in general and, and what every human goes through when our expectations aren't met or when something sad happens or we we experience loss. And so I interviewed four of my friends who each had completely different sort of grief stories and recorded those in the book and then looked at the different synergies and the similarities and the the strategies that came through from all of us. And so was really able to sort of synthesize that down into some usable everyday strategies. And so that's what comes out in the book. It's not just a really sad story. It's really about finding that inspiration and, um, and, you know, intentionally living a happy life. Which is perfect for your title. I mean, it just really kind of goes along with your title, with everything, finding your hay through a very dark time. And that's um, really important. And so did you find when you were writing your story that things kind of flowed, like just kind of flowed through as you were kind of going through the process? Well, it's interesting. And I mean, I think you know this, that when you write, it's, you just sort of try, well, but what I, the way I did it was I just tried to get everything out and then go back and edit. And I had, you know, I've, I've read a lot in my life and I've, and I've certainly read other memoirs as well. And so I really tried to sort of bring that flavor of a memoir, which is really storytelling to the book. So it's, it's really a bunch of, of stories and it's not it's not sort of autobiographical in that it's not completely linear you know starting at one point and ending at another point but it was really a process where I thought about all the lessons that I'd learned and and then what brought me here so it was usually a story a couple stories things I learned from other people and once I had it all down then I could really sort of see what was um what what I had learned um and kind of translate that into what could a lesson be for other people to learn from my experiences if you know what I mean so 
So it was kind of getting it all out first and then editing and organizing it. And, and it, you know, I call it a crash course. And, you know, so I sort of structured it as my dad was really my first teacher. And then my daughter was my my second teacher. And then all the lessons learned. And I, I call my friends sort of guest lecturers, you know, and then it, and then it, it really ends up being um, almost like a self-help type of, of book. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of it goes through just the, uh, when you're blindsided, you're getting hit with something that you're kind of not expecting. You, you like my just before COVID, my father passed away. So this would be one of those circumstances where your book would be perfect in terms of helping me through that process and helping others through processes where they're experiencing a lot of difficulties that, um, would have happened to them depending on the circumstance. I know that you had pretty specific circumstances in terms of your father and then your daughter. Um, but it's um, just finding those moments to be happy and making sure you are finding your hay and finding, remembering right. that you come first and remembering that you are happy. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because we don't, learn these kinds of skills in school. We're not taught how to be grateful or how to look for those moments that wow us, you know, we're not, you know, it's sort of like, um, uh, a really learned attitude that anyone can acquire, you know, because our natural tendency I think just the way human beings are wired is to look at worst case scenario, you know, and expect worst case scenario. And, and it really takes effort and takes a lot of intention to go through your day and notice the positive things that are happening, you know, and really celebrating, you know, if I get a, a, a good parking spot, then I really, I think about that and I celebrate it and I, and I acknowledge that, something positive just happened. And it's not that I'm trying to avoid negativity or, or thinking about anything negative. Those things do happen during the day, but it's, it's what we take with us and what we focus on because it's really those thoughts that we think really do kind of control how we feel you know, so we can talk ourselves into a good mood. We can also talk ourselves into a bad mood. So it's about making that choice. And I, I don't want to minimize, you know, pain and grief and, and all of those uh, feelings that we have when we when we experience loss, because those are those are real and it's part of being human that we do experience pain and we experience all of these negative emotions like sadness and just understanding that that's normal. That's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. And you can learn to carry that grief through these strategies of, of, you know, bringing humor into your, your world and, and noticing when good things happen and feeling that gratitude and so on. 
And I feel like it's also important to say that sometimes when overwhelmed by grief, it just kind of, you feel it's more difficult to produce something or feel like it's more difficult to bring something to the table. And yet there's been time and time again through extreme grief or anything like that, where you've overcome it. And then you've been able to, in your case, write a book, share your experiences with the world and help teach those going through the same processes or help teach those going through those experiences that it's okay. It's okay to feel those feelings. The weight yeah. of the fe- the weight that you give those feelings um, is up to you. And um, but at the end of the day, it's processing grief. It's processing the emotions, and you're doing the right thing. But no, there's going to be a time when you can sit down and work through those emotions or produce something beautiful. And I think that that's what you did at the end of the day is produced something very beautiful with your book. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so what type of publishing did you decide to go with through this when you produced your book? Did you do self-publishing or did you do um, traditional route? I self-published and I actually used uh, a company that they, they're called the Studio Press and they help authors publish. So they do that by offering uh, services, a little bit of mentoring. My book was already written, but they do help writers sort of go through that process as well. But for me, it was about bringing it all together, finding the, they find the, you know, the, the cover artist um, and the graphic designer. And they had an editor that went through and did sort of a once over, not deep dive editing, but a, a good, like, just sort of polished it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and they helped to, they literally helped to load it onto Amazon and to um, do a lot of uh, marketing. They helped to launch it. So it was a really great service that mm-hmm. they provide. I would recommend them highly. And uh, so that's, that's the route that I took. It was, it was simple and, um, and it was pretty quick. Which is the best feeling of of it all is to find your your product on Amazon to find your work of art on Amazon. Yes, it was pretty amazing when they ship that first copy, and there's nothing like opening up that first copy, you know, the yeah. first book that arrives, and yeah, it was amazing, and and then to see the books that have been purchased and I'm in Canada. So there are have been books purchased here in Canada and the United States and, um, in the UK. So it's, you know, it's, it's amazing that, that, um, that that's what happens. We'll be back after a quick break. Hello, this is Charles Dockham, the owner of the Road Scientist Productions and host of Pursuing Your Passions as a Bitch. I'm proud to announce that my novel, The World Beyond, will be available August 29th. Pre-orders available now on your book platform of choice. Link in the description below. To see your voice has reached individuals internationally is a great thing to see. Yeah, yeah, it's very Mm -hmm. exciting. Yeah. And so how long has it been on the market? It's been on the market a year. I have 
um, sort of just promoted it slowly but surely. Um, my purpose in writing it was to mainly have it for my family. Um, but it is something that I'm passionate about in terms of spreading that word. So I do public speaking. I can do uh, coaching around the skills and the tactics that I talk about in the book as well. So it's sort of a, a full package in that way. Yeah, which is, I mean, because you're you're kind of touching on um, therapy in a sense when it comes to kind of these instances, when it comes to being blind, blindsided by um, something that might cause you depression or being blindsided that, by something that might cause you um, to not fully kind of handle this in a certain way. And so it's, it's huge to just kind of have that being able to rela- be able to relate to somebody who's going through something similar. I know that we always kind of feel in our feelings that it's, it's only me. It's only happening to me. Everything's happening to me, but to be able to express that with someone else is huge. Yeah. And that was one of the, one of the goals that I had was really to create community community in that sense that you're not alone. And there are, you know, we all go through, varying types of grief just that's just part of being human right so the fact that like you say you're not alone and that there are others who have gone through what you're going through and have come out the other side and here are some things that you can try and you know it's it's sort of a a a life coaching type of process exactly Yeah. Yeah. And so what have you kind of seen as the outset of that? Are um, you planning on writing another book? I just might. It is a process that once you finish it, you kind of miss it, you know? So I do write blog posts, uh, but you miss that process of writing. So I think that You know, there's I think most people probably write with the intention of maybe just writing one book and then you you just keep writing. Exactly. And I think that's a huge piece for me when it comes to writing is you just kind of want to finish your one, finish the story. But then you kind of once you finished it, you feel that there's so many other stories you have yet to tell. And there's so much other stuff that you have yet to kind of spread to everybody else. And you've kind of already seen the platform and you've already seen kind of what you've been able to accomplish with everything before. So it just kind of invigorates you to see what you can do with your next book. It does. It does. And you get, you know, you get hooked on that feeling of, of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a forever thing. You wrote a book. It's, it's, there's, it's there in physical form. So yeah, that's, um, it's a really great feeling and you you kind of want to have that feeling again. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, how have your family or how has your family kind of been receptive to the book? I know that you've kind of said that you originally wrote it for them. Did they um, love seeing the first copy? Did they love seeing kind of everything? Yes, I had, I had showed the unpublished version uh, to my children and, and their dad. And, uh, but I didn't show anybody else until it was published. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, that was kind of exciting. 
And, uh, yeah. And then, and, and my friends as well, you know, the friends who, you know, whose story I took and put in the book, which, you know, that's, um, that was something to hand that over to them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing I always like to ask, um, anybody that I have on the podcast when it comes to kind of taking steps into writing or taking steps into, um, getting into these types of projects are, is there anything that you might suggest to anybody? Is there anything that you might suggest for anybody looking to get started or for anybody who's taking a look into this realm of being an author? I would say that you just, you just need to write. Um, that's the obvious and just keep on writing and you'll see your writing get better. And which is an interesting thing to see as well. When I look back on how I wrote prior to writing the book, it's quite different. The other thing that I would recommend is read a lot and read books that are similar to one that you wish to write. So I did read a lot of memoirs and I really liked Stephen King's book on writing because it it is basically his life story and then he also talks about about writing as a craft and that was a, that was a real inspiration it was well it was interesting just to hear his sort of life story and and um and how he you know how he came to be a writer and then he had some really great tips to pass along as well which I find huge as well. I have a pile of just different writing books, different story structure books, different books to try and um, learn through the process of everything just to make sure that if I'm forgetting anything, if there's anything that I can do to make things better, if I'm losing inspiration, I have the means to be able to keep myself on track. Um, But we are coming to the end of the episode. I want to thank you so much for being able to join us on our program today. Uh, Are there any projects? Are there any future books? Are there any signings? Anything that you would like (laughs) any of our listeners to be able to um, find you at? Yeah, Come on up to Canada. Um, (laughs) You know, my website, it does get updated with blogs and with events and that kind of thing. So my website is, is debracovell.com. Um, and the book is, is on there as well in terms of linking to Amazon. Um, and I'm also on Instagram. So yeah. Thank you. As for me, you'll be able to find us on our website, theroadscientistproductions.com, where we have our merchandise and links to my story on Kindle Vela, The World Beyond. You also have all of our Road Scientist social media platforms, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter. Uh, And um, the best way to support us is to like our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and let us know how much you've enjoyed our show. Uh, We want to thank you, Deborah, for being being a guest on our show today and thank all of our listeners for joining us as well. This has been our podcast to all of those out there looking to start a new career in the arts, such as acting, writing, music, comedy, and more. Always remember, pursuing your passions is a bitch, but it's worth it. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs>